When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? This is Bingetown TV. We are back in action with our coverage of Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass with episodes five and six titled Book Five, Gospel, and Book Six, Acts of the Apostles. And oh my fuck, we are cooking with gas because this shit is bonkers in the crock pot. Everybody is bad. And I cannot wait to finish this recording so I can finally finish this season (laughs) and this series with episode seven. How do we feel, boys? It was torture after episodes one and two, not being able to see three and four. Now at three to four to five to six, and now it's five to six to seven, and I'm dying. This one is the biggest one. I need to see this finale because I have no idea how they are going to conclude this the series. I really don't. Yeah, Kathleen texted in the chat. She was like, hey, could, can we make this next <laughs> recording five, six, and seven? Because like, I, there's no way I can sit in for two days and not watch finale. And I f- actually just finished six today and i'm dying and i'm gonna watch it right after so i don't know how you guys did it yeah these two episodes absolutely slapped solidified it in my opinion no matter what happens in the last finale that it's it's probably above bly manor for me yeah um, i i still don't know if it can reach haunting of hell house oh, dude. because that was the one that got me into this genre at all but just his storytelling just was so flexed in these two final two episodes, specifically episode five, the way he told the story through Riley as, as like a flashback kind of thing. Like that was just, holy crap. My jaw was on the floor at the end of five and then six was just going fucking full throttle and the finale is just going to be wild. I don't even know if our theories are going to be anything at the end of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I think just to tack on to yours, I love midnight mass. It's so insane. These last two episodes made me like want to flip tables at some point, which was the first for the series. So five and six turned it up. Mm-hmm. And I think to Luke's point against Honey of Hill House, I think what this show lacks just a little bit versus Hill House is that Hill House makes you absolutely fall in love with the characters, right? You see them as kids, you see them as adults, you're rooting for them, you love them. I think that that's the piece I'm missing to make it incredible like Hill House here, because even spoiler alert, when Riley goes, I'm like, Damn, that was intense. But I wasn't like my boy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. Really I was saying my boy from Friday Night Lights. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think the only character I really hit that level with so far is Father Paul. Like, I think yeah. he's one of the best characters wow. of all three series. I would just say, yeah. put him in the top tier. But yeah, you're right. Like even the Riley thing, while that shocked me because I thought it was going a different direction at the end there, that was still a mind fuck and it was sad. But it wasn't like damn the show's done yeah i mean for me we'll wait till the finale's done but i would say it's above bly but i put hill house on such a pedestal that i don't even think it's close to hill house in my opinion yeah i think i have recency bias because i think for some reason i'm putting it closer to hill house than you guys probably but the thing is that made hill house so great was there was mystery every episode and like you got a little bit more piece of the puzzle this one, it, it's just kind of the way it is, just the story is. You can't really break it up like 
you can Hill House. Like Hill House, they showed you the ending, then they flashback, go to person, yeah. flashback, go to person. You can't yeah. do that here. Um, and I think the acting's great all around in all three. Mm-hmm. It's it's so hard to say. I love these characters, honestly. Um, I was so upset when Riley died. Hmm. Uh, um, and Jimmy, you said in episode one, like Mike Flanagan, man, he loves a monologue. Like that's what all yeah, these Kathleen. scenes are. Yeah, yeah. Kathleen, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's literally like five or six scenes and it's just long conversations per episode. Uh, it's awesome. I've been watching the whole series with Alex. I don't know if I said this on the pod. It's my first time watching podcast episodes with somebody else that isn't you guys. And I'm like, it feels, it feels like it's distracting me a little bit. <laughs> she goes, she goes more like midnight monologue. Am I right? I was like, oh, not bad. Heard that, that is a good one. That. I want to comment specifically on the monologue thing while we're here, because I forget what episode it is. But whenever the sheriff gets his monologue, is that this one? He's talking to Sarah or is that episode six? That is six. Because that's after Aaron already went to Sarah. The point is still going to stand, though. Um, It seems like the difference between like this and Haunting of Hill House is we've been bringing it up. Haunting of Hill House, you get the flashbacks, you get their whole life story, really. And we didn't get to spend any time with the sheriff. So what he does is flanagan that is he writes this whole monologue to give you a peek into the sheriff's backstory and it feels like you actually know him you see where Mm -hmm. he's coming from and that's a hit or miss with some people some people like that way of storytelling some people don't and i like was seeing conversations about it where people are saying there is speeches that get a little boring but it works for me it gives you a we knew nothing about the sheriff i felt like i brought it up in our last podcast why is everyone gushing over him i know raul's the man but he hasn't done anything through the first five episodes i think it was so Mm -hmm. that was needed and for me it worked because now he's gonna be on the good side at the end of the show and i need to care about him and i do now he clapped back at bev Mm -hmm. like episode two or three that was was good yeah that was good (laughs) but yeah that's pretty much the extent of all i did he's good in every everything he's done but luke you're right he hasn't been but six he gets his Mm -hmm. epic scenes but i mean i'm scared yeah, I'm yeah. Of six for everybody. That I was mean, devastating when when Ali took it and he was just on the ground being held down. It's awful. Um, going back to our episode one covering this, we did take guesses about who would die. I did say Ali. Technically, he died. <laughs> so right, like. Points. Well, yeah, that means am I about to get two? If like he's Luke gonna said die, Father again? Paul, Luke said Father Paul, he technically died. Dude, he might be fucking three points at this time. Yeah, right. <laughs> he died like three separate I times. I said, I said the baby, so I get a count. What did you say, Kathleen? You stink. I don't know. What I said I made someone <laughs> up. I think it's important to be said though when we're talking about all this acting and it coming to Hill House, Bly, and Midnight Mass. The reason why Flanagan's so good as a horror writer in the way that we like horror is because he cares about the characters and the acting. Like the cliche trope of a lot of horror stuff is like, let's just get a story out there and scare you. We're not really going to have the best actors in it. We're not really, you know, usually they're just like good looking people. And, you know, I mean, that's more of like back in the 90s and stuff. But still, like I need the story i need the characters and flanagan's so good at that that i don't see any of these as horror in my head i guess it is technically horror but i see it as just like a story Mm -hmm. every time yeah one last thing before we really dive into the story is mike flanagan is so loyal like when he finds talent he likes he keeps with it um i think hush was his first i actually didn't even realize 
for years until Hill House that Hush was Kate Siegel, who is his wife, who is the star of all these shows. Um, Hush is great. If you haven't seen Hush, I think it's on Netflix. She is um, a deaf woman and someone is trying to kill her. And it's an amazing movie. And Bev is also in that. And then the second movie is Gerald's Game, which is a really fucked up movie which he did. And Carla Gugino is the main character. Oh, in that. Yeah. And I did not realize that was him until maybe Bly came out. And that movie fucked me up. Like I watched that alone and I was scared. I've been meaning to rewatch that too. So any Mike Flanagan fans who hasn't seen those movies, go check those out too. So Emily wanted to watch Midnight Mass because she watched Bly. She couldn't watch Haunting because it was too scary, but she she said she could watch Midnight Mass as long as I watch the episodes first and tell her wherever there's like a scary moment for her. Oh my God. So we're watching watching Midnight, uh, like the first or second episode, and she sees Kate Siegel and Bev. She sees those two on the screen. She was like, oh, my God, they star in my favorite movie, Hush. And I'm like, Emily, you've been telling me to watch that for years, and I've never seen it. And I've been telling you to watch these shows. And I didn't know it was Mike Flanagan. So that makes perfect sense. So she should love it. King of horror, that guy. So I think we should start off this deep dive by definitely shouting out Jimmy, because, wow, you just nailed it when it came to how important dying was versus yeah, like my victory lap it and that's just the whole theme mostly of of episode six but episode five that's that's the kicker in the end right that's the whole riley angle and wow dude you fucking crushed that that was a good Ooh, catch that is pretty unbelievable thank you, and the thank yellow you. eyes are connected to that too but yeah yeah and let me let me hear your guys thoughts now after seeing five and six about my theory on bev poisoning father paul so that he dies and comes back totally uh, I could see it. I mean, he died the exact same way. How would that get explained to us, though? I don't think it will. I oh, just so think, it's just like a thing I mean, maybe she happened. maybe she will. I mean, you know, we'll get into theories later. I'm assuming that and I'm assuming you guys think this, too, that Father Paul is going to end up on the good side and do something about it. I, I, I just think that based on the end of episode six. But if he ends up being on the opposite side, then maybe Bev will just do one of her monologues being like, mm-hmm. I got this whole thing started. I tested you and I poisoned you. You came back to life. You're uh, an angel of God and you need to do the right thing, whatever. Yeah. I could see her taking credit for it saying she was the, she was the one closest to God doing God's will. Yeah. She's already taking the reins and father Paul has literally has a bullet in his head saying no 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 but he can't do anything because he's like paralyzed from the bullet in his head yeah one question i know we don't want to jump all the way to the end i didn't understand what was resurrecting them because i thought the drinking of it i didn't realize they were drinking straight rat poison i thought it was like a mix of the blood and this and that and it was killing them and then reviving them from the blood when bev got shot and then rose i didn't understand why she was yeah. who was rising who That's was long- raising them up as long as you have the vampire sack in you, you will turn into a vampire when you die. That's yeah. the, that's how you rise. She had that one sentence at the end uh, after she got shot and came back. Um, she came in. She was, I think she was talking to Sturge and saying, hey, everybody who is here that like either got attacked or drank the poison, as long as they went to mass, they're going to be fine because they're going to resurrect everybody else. Right. Well, you should have went to mass. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So I then why that. did Ali resurrect? Because he never took that's the- a plot hole to me. I think what you're what's implied in that is that he's been lying to his dad and has mm. been taking communion. Okay. It okay. Like see, that was the general consensus because you go to something like Reddit sort by controversial. You'll see things like that being brought up. And that's the typical answer that I got. And I'm totally down to believe it because I don't think Ali would have been able to stand up to his dad and say, I'm going to kill myself if he wasn't already super balls deep into this having taken all the sacraments and and living this church life i totally agree with you i think he was lying to his dad and taking the sacrament the vampire sack but the only thing that i would say against that is the church is like super strict about having all of your holy sacraments and one of the holy sacraments is your first holy communion the first one's baptism so if ali didn't have all of this he probably would have had to do all of that if father paul was like super strict about the church which he seems he is but don't you think that father paul is going to override for the vampire's plan rather than yeah that's a good point whatever that's a good point yeah yeah when i say fuck it and everybody gets everyone get yeah exactly everybody gets the sack (laughs) you get the sack and you get the sack when i knew what he was doing since episode one so it makes sense yeah when i said plot hole i was going on your take paul the take where he doesn't have baptism communion confirmation all that stuff and he shouldn't be able to take the sack but i do (laughs) think that it's fine to just think you know what the vampire's plan is God's plan. And if Ali is going to be there, we're giving him the sack, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Paul because he Father was the Paul? one who said best peak oh. self is what you go back to. Whereas we were kind of saying, nah, that was it's healing. It's, it's this, it's that. And Paul is the one who's saying, no, it's actually bringing them younger. And then I think as a group, we settled on like peak self, but I think Paul said that. And they literally say those words. It was the exact words. It yep. was the exact words. And I was like, Paul, I literally have it in my notes. Go, Paul. I Which, think as, as a group, we're just, we're nailing it, but it's hilarious how, how many L's you have to take to start getting some yeah. dubs. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the whole throw all the dart theory. Eventually but you'll hit bullseye. Let's start this off by saying, it's not vampires. It's the angels, but it's basically vampire culture. Angels cosplaying as vampires. You don't know. Why do you say that? I don't know. Oh, why can't he? Why like can't he be a vampire? It doesn't seem like they're going that way at all. Even what though it's blatantly that way. No, I want this to be a super creative take on it being God and religion because that would be, it would do it so well for me. Like just having this huge take, like. Him being an actual angel, the satisfaction I'm going to get if that gets confirmed in the end and like this is all God's plan and the vampires somehow win will trump the crap out of this well, be vampires and then the sheriff, Sarah, and, you know, the, the good guys win. So, Kathleen, explain to me why now you think it's definitely not vampires. So, I, exactly what Luke's saying. I want it to be not because the idea of them having to comb through the Bible to find these passages that Bev is just spewing off the dome. And we kind of open with Father Paul at church giving a really intense monologue. And he's like, God will ask you horrible things that you look at what Jesus had to endure and talking about the resurrection. And they keep bringing up things like Ezekiel was terrified when he saw an angel and this and that. And they're taking actual Bible verses and proving these things, quote unquote, like people have to do bad things like this and that. And they're asking terrible things of you and you got to do bad shit. And it's like, wow, that's really in the Bible. What the fuck? It's crazy. Yeah, that, 
that's what Bev does perfectly. She like she will get your point of you attacking her and she'll switch it around and relate it to some story in the Bible um, saying like, hey, this happened, even though it was bad. Why isn't this the same thing? She's great at that. But to go against kind of what Luke and Kathleen wanted, I kind of want it straight up to be a vampire. I like I'm hoping that this vampire was just chilling in this cave. Father Paul went in, said all the shit to him brought him home and this vampire is just along for the ride like he's putting on the robes because <laughs> father paul is telling him to he has no idea what's going on and and, and at the end he's gonna be like what you thought i was god you fucking idiots like i i was i was a vampire and you guys just made all this shit up and killed an entire town because of it yeah i 100 percent agree with you paul i think that's what i like but <laughs> i also feel like when it comes to the bible there's so many stories that you can make anything make sense. You know, I feel like they're using the stories to make this vampire thing make sense. But again, like say it's something different, you could find other stories. Like there's just so many stories you can use whatever you want to make it make sense. I just don't think that there, I don't know. I, I didn't expect to see the vampire slash angel to be in priest robe, man. That was ridiculous. So there's so much to unpack with what we just talked right there. Because <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude, the vampire in the priest robe, was just wild but <laughs> let me clarify on what what i mean when i was agreeing with kathleen i want that to happen i <clears> think <throat> there's almost zero percent chance that this isn't just straight vampiring yeah okay. i think that's likely and the reason i'm against it is because it would be so creatively unique if you could pull off this actually being about his take on christianity and it all being fucked up because dude the bible is fucked up there's a lot of fucked up so well, this is amazing like that they're linking all these quotes how much work flanagan had to do to pull these scripts and make like mm. all this makes sense like it would be so incredible and just their perspective on god's using angels in in ways to make you guys soldiers we're going to war this is like good mm. friday is good because of what's to come and i love mm. all of that it's just so good First of all, Kathleen getting hype about that was just hysterical. I wish you guys could have seen that. Uh, but to go to uh, Jimmy's point when you said you can pretty much get any scenario and be like related to the Bible somehow. Yeah, the Bible like contradicts itself at many points. And to to go on to that, when Riley is talking to Bev um, in – it's like towards the end of episode five, Riley says something like, hey, like none of that shit – is in the gospel and she's like you're right that's in like revelations it's like yeah. there's so many books and there's so many stories within the books it's like you know you're gonna be able to relate it somehow but the way bev does it it makes you or whoever she's talking to feel stupid for not mm -hmm. thinking the same way was phenomenal when she's looking at riley and screaming at him and then looks at father paul and she goes like i'm irritated that like yeah, this guy's yeah. so stupid um i loved it even though i think she's wrong i think the way she just holds herself when speaking about stuff like that is incredible. Great it, job it, acting. And just one last thing, because we were saying, you know, you go back to your prime self. I guess God was like, fuck you, Bev, because you didn't age down at yeah. all. She stayed exactly the same. She actually did age down because they did a flashback of her in this episode talking to someone and she actually had some like like bad wrinkles like i remember oh, she? i know what she looks like in real life so i remember in episode one being like why does everyone look so fucking old <laughs> yeah that's like alice in the in the wigs i feel like i would <laughs> never have known alice was wearing a yes, wig yes alice in what dude oh magicians we cover the magicians <laughs> <laughs> i will say that bev's was the most subtle dh yeah so i give you that but let's talk about riley okay because that's big episode five stuff 
we get Riley knocking on Aaron's door after she's been looking for him for so long. Can't find him. The parents think he's with her. She thinks he's with them. He didn't show up. So he knocks on her door. She's mad, but she goes with him anyway onto this boat. We're getting these visuals that he was dreaming of. And you kind of figure out what he's doing while he's on the boat because it's it's sun is coming up before he even says it. And yeah, I want to debate this with you guys because I think this is the biggest cowardice I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, oh. he could have helped somehow. No, I he decided agree. to leave Aaron with a bunch of trauma, dust and no proof. But to sound absolutely bonkers crazy. And if Sarah didn't believe her, then what the fuck would Aaron have? Like, he could have been like, I'll lose a hand for this. And just like put his hand out, lost the hand and been like, ah, <laughs> instead of being like, peace. But I will say that I was proud of him once we get to the Paul stuff, because at the end, when Paul says like, what do you feel like? Stop lying to me. We said we were doing total honesty. And he says he was jealous of Paul for not feeling guilty. And then he eventually says that he doesn't feel the guilt anymore either, which is Honestly, all he's been wanting since he killed that woman by accident. And I love that even after that, after Paul thought he convinced him to like join their side and and he didn't feel like guilt anymore. He still was like, fuck this monster. He left notes for everybody. He still decided to be on our side. But I just don't know. I hate that he did that. I hate it for so many reasons. I misunderstood what you originally meant when you were calling him a coward, because I agree with your point that he could have hooked up all of the non vampires with some more evidence. I thought you were, you were going to say he's a coward for not staying and like fighting against the vampires and Paul and the angel, because it's, it's, it was kind of proven in episode five that he doesn't have control when he's going for blood. So I, that's where I thought you were taking it, which I don't think you're saying at all because Mm -mm. he, he was going to need to kill himself at some point, or he was going to hurt the people that he loved. Like he almost did at the end of this episode. So I guess I guess I do agree with you. And do you, Paul and Jimmy, do you kind of agree as well? Because it seems like uh, that's probably the more popular consensus that he could have done a little bit more than just <laughs> yeah. going up at the end of the episode. I am like on the fence. I'm like, I can see both sides and I can understand both sides. Like, I understand, like, maybe he didn't trust himself. He was sitting on that boat and like you saw her neck like glowing and pumping and it looked like he wanted to. But like he could restrain himself. Maybe he was nervous. Eventually he might hurt somebody he loved. But at the same time, like what you guys said, Riley's word as one of these, you know, angels, if you want to call them angels, these people that died and came back. I do angels. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Riley, Riley is an angel and him, him talking to the rest of the town, the rest of the mm-hmm. Island saying, Hey, look, I'm like father Paul too, but like, I'm not a saint. It's because there's a fucking monster. It's not because of God or whatever. That word would have probably saved like a bunch of people from drinking the shit because, you know, father Paul and Bev were able to run wild. They were able to say whatever they wanted. But isn't that Bev's whole point that, and I guess father Paul to some degree that no matter what happens, you can just chalk it up to God's plan. Oh, he's trying to convince you out of it, but that's really God working through him. And that's why I like it because they, the the bad guys quote unquote are going to be able to spin everything in their way. And I want them to be right. Cause that would just be such mind blowing television. That does, that shit doesn't happen. That would be cool. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I definitely thought when he bursts in the flames and she sees him as dust, I was like, you just sandbagged her straight up. Literally. You you, her. you literally sandbagged. Like, you, yeah, you dust bagged <laughs> her. You, you, she's sitting on this boat and she's now in the same exact position you were just in because she can't combust herself to prove to anybody else yes. that this happened. So, yeah, burn your hand in front of her and make her be like, holy shit. Then you both go to Sarah. If at some point during the war you think that you're a, you know, a problem, then yeah, okay, then you can go stand in the light and die. But otherwise, you gotta give a little bit more. Like literally, he he sandbagged her. I'm gonna change the way I phrase it. I'm gonna say he was very brave in the way he went about going against Father Paul, despite of everything, and telling Sarah, even though you know you sound crazy. I think it's. Bravery paired with stupidity because of the way he did it was stupid. So that that is like the cowardly thing. But it's really not cowardice. It's just stupidity. Like you saying he was going to have to kill himself eventually. I agree. But using that logic, does that mean we can't undo anybody who's turned like they're all? Yeah, that's the thing. I think so. There's like six people. left. Yeah. Well, no, that it actually it shows that like half the church does run out before there is more than you think. Yeah. If you, if you look back at that scene, there is more than you think that, that ran out the door when all the shit starts going down, when like the vampire pulls granny mills and everything out. I mean, maybe not half, but more than you think. Cause six is like, who's left as the fighters. There's definitely more than just them who ran out the front door and are running from the vampires. Well, I thought the front door was like locked and that was like the whole thing. I thought so too. Well, remember he, the vampire busts her through, then they lock it. Oh, okay. When shit starts hitting the fan, she, she says lock the door. And and that's why Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Don't do it. And she's like, yeah, we're doing it, bro. Gotcha. (laughs) Just to circle back to Riley, whether or not like how he died, he thought it was like a right decision. It was, not what I saw coming at all up no, until I don't, like I agree. up until like two minutes before it happened. When like, like Kathleen said, you saw the sun coming up a little bit because like what I said at the end of episode four, like I could see Riley being dead. I could see him being dead and not yeah. coming back. And that was it. And Kathleen was like, no, he's he's like the head of the show. Like that'd right. be a weird way to send him off. So when I saw him like episode five comes on like halfway through, you finally get him at the door. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, we're good. And the fact that they could have killed him off at four, brought him back just for the second half of five, and then he can bust. I was like, no. I was like, I thought you were back for good. I thought we were going to be okay. My retort to what when Kathleen said that, that she thought he could die, besides us talking about like the things outside of making a show where he's the main character and wasn't in it enough. The thing I brought up was he can't die yet because we had no idea what the dream was about. Yeah. And then as soon as they checked that off the list, in my opinion, he could have died at any point. I didn't expect it to happen right there. And I honestly thought I'm probably stupid for thinking this, but I thought he was going to kill Aaron. 
Oh, I did for a I second. Did too. Yeah. I thought he he took her out there, so there's nowhere for her to run. How, so you could just chomp on her. How fucking long was that silence when mm-hmm. she's saying, like, why'd you take me out here? And then she talks for like a minute. He just stares at her. And mm-hmm. I was just freaking out. I was just mm-hmm. on the, oh my God, man. That was that was good writing. I think it's well done because he would have been like that because he's gonna say, How do I say this? How do I put this? She's the only person who would have even half believed him before bursting into flames. Like she believed him. She's like, say, I do believe you now. What mm. kind of deal? Yeah. Um, but I'm so glad that they made the decision to, instead of having him actually tell her on screen, we get him waking up mm. that scene with him and father Paul and like Bev coming in and out. Incredibly done. Incredibly done. In the AA building. Or yes. The, yeah. The that- direct center. Even after episode six, I think that whole rec center scene is the best thing that's happened so far. Just masterful. When Father Paul is telling Riley about how he killed Joe Colley and he didn't have any guilt whatsoever. He was like, how'd that make you feel? And Riley was like, disgusted, disgusted. And then he freaks out. He's like, stop fucking lying. How did it make you feel? And he was like, jealous. And I'm like, oh my God, that whole conversation, the whole buildup, the acting, like the pulling back in the beginning and then finally unleashing from, you know, John Pruitt, Father Paul, whatever you want to call him, was phenomenal. And I I, loved it so much. Not to toot my own horn and I can't prove it in any way, but when that conversation was happening, when he says like, how'd that make you feel? I just grabbed my laptop, wrote jealous. And he so did yeah. I. I said it out loud too. 100% mm-hmm. it. And another great line is right after Riley resurrects, like he gets his neck cracked in and you see Father Paul chilling normal in the seats ready for the AA meeting. He, and Riley's like, we're having a meeting? He goes, no, we're having the meeting. Yeah. I just geared up for that. And it was just all my notes are just me gushing over this. Like such fantastic acting, such good motivation and reason for Father Paul acting the way he is and taking the Bev side of a lot of this is just God working through us just and then he I think he ends as one of the I don't know if he's saying it to Bev or Riley I think he says it after Riley leaves but he says we're living in one of the most crucial moments in the history of our world because yeah. if you truly believe this is biblical then this is like what the next Bible is going to be written about so it's yeah like, that shit all gives me chills and that's why I keep going into the idea of how amazing it could be if he pulls off this being actual Christianity take in this universe Oh man, I could see that. I could see Bev is like already like halfway through writing like the next Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the angel wearing the the thing only helped me because I thought he was more carnivorous and like beast like and just had some sort of semblance. But it seems like he's leaning fully into the religious thing. Do vampires in real life have wings, Kathleen? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. Not all though. Bats. Bats. How, though, yeah. How good was? The scene where we actually got closure with Robin Sparkles. She turns yep. just just back into Robin Shabatsky, regular, <laughs> regular Sarah Beth. And she's like smiling, unrecognizable. I didn't recognize Beautiful. her without the glass yeah. in her face. Um, <laughs> but the whole part uh, where Father Paul was saying, like, everything in your life happened for a reason. Like, you killed a woman. But look, it was a good thing because it brought you here. I'm like, what? That yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, so I he can- owns them, too. Riley does own them in that. He goes on to say like a bunch of people were murderers because Riley's calling Father Paul a murderer. And he, he lists off a bunch of saints and like uh, Paul, St. Paul was a, a murderer. And then yeah, Jesus came. Yeah, he was. And then Jesus came to him, went to jail and then he becomes a saint. So it's like Jesus. Christ. So I can just go around, and kill everybody. But in the end, I can I can still do good. It's weird. 
Paul says something to him, like me and you are more similar than you think. I mean, we both killed somebody or something. I think I butchered that line, but when he pretty much calls him out for being like, you murdered somebody too. I'm like, no, but I actually really love when father Paul is genuinely curious of why Riley came Mm -hmm. back. He was, he was racking his brain all day. Like, why would he come back? And all the years I knew you, You've, you've never showed up in the middle of the night. Like, why tonight? Why when I had this company here? Whatever. And then he's like, Joe Colley's sister. And I just love that moment. Like, he was genuinely curious why. Yep. He needed to know why. And he and really like thought, like, it was some kind of, like, godly thing mm-hmm. that brings Riley in. And Riley's just like, you lied to me, bro. I mean, he still He still that. accepts it. He still accepts it. But he was, like, so excited just being like, did you have, like, a feeling? Or, like, he was saying, like, a couple things. And then Riley's like, dude. The sister he lied. Yeah, I got to give myself some shit because I could not have been more wrong about Sturge. I was like, you know, he looked a little sketchy. Like he he could turn around on the church, dude. He, yeah. was a ch- he was a church's bitch, dude. He was cutting his wrist just so Father Paul and Riley could like drink. Drink and up, dude. Riley grabbing that goblet and chugging it. That was like, holy shit. You think shit, that was bro. real blood? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> uh, I have like two more things I want to talk about before we can start really focusing on the next episode and then we'll free ball it again. But first thing is, let's talk about when Riley actually died. Was that supposed to be Aaron's daughter in her prime that like was like taking him to the afterlife when it flashed to someone that wasn't Aaron? That was Robin, Robin Sparkles. Sparkles. Robin oh, that was who that was? Yeah, yeah. it's Robin Sparkles. I, I told, unrecognizable without the I glass totally, in her face. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah positive. Yeah. I thought it was Aaron's daughter because they had the whole conversation about her. Uh, I love that. Right where Aaron was. I will say, Luke, I did foray into the red a little bit without trying to get any spoilers. And people do have that argument. People were saying, is it Robin Sparkles or is it Aaron's daughter? So it's not like you're just coming out of your ass with that. I didn't think of that. That's that's pretty cool. Coming out of your ass. Nice. Coming out of your ass. Okay, cool. Uh, that clears that up. Um, I'm definitely gonna go look back at her and make sure that I'm just. I I, I got to make myself feel stupid. And look episode one, they like make shirts with her and everything, and and you you do see her oh, looking okay, normal okay. in like the t-shirts that they made after she died and stuff. Gotcha. Anything else crazy happened in episode five? Yeah, I want to say we have to give a shout out to Millie as one of the most kind of oh. left field characters yeah. I've ever seen. Because when this is relatively early in episode five, but like when she just stands up in the middle of the ceremony of Father Paul preaching, I thought she was just going to be like, hell yeah, I've been waiting for this. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really where I thought it was going. But she took the best left turn ever. And it's because Millie and Sarah are the shit. and They're the best family yeah. on the island. Smart. Yeah. She's a scientist. She so, runs in the family. Just to be clear, you're talking about Millie the fox. Millie, the sexiest one on the yeah, show. I was going to say, Definitely. Luke, you Luke, you asked, did she get to that point? Man, yes. she had a little bit of more time and that hair would have changed from gray. And then there we <laughs> I go. I was all in on that. Yep. Granny I, uh, Millie. But literally, Granny Millie looked better than Sarah. That's what I said. (laughs) I I was thinking I would be so mad if I was Sarah because I'm like, oh, my God, my mother looks so much younger. She's hotter than me. (laughs) Is is Father Paul being Sarah's dad going to come into play explicitly, you think? I don't know. Or is that going to be another thing where it's just kind of in the background where you just theorize and stuff? I definitely think it's going to be because for some reason, I definitely don't think Millie is dead. I think she might have been brought away. Really? But Father Paul, hopefully he was able to communicate to the angel or the vampire that Millie 
Father Paul loves. Which, so he wants to like doesn't want to kill or something Lily like that. I don't know. die though because she's been taking the sacrament. She's oh, taking she the sack, so she turns so she into a vampire. Die. She'll come back as a vampire. So yeah, okay. there you go. So we'll probably see her as a vampire. So she she definitely won't die then. Maybe her coming back as a vampire will give us a scene where she, maybe she joins the good guys as a vampire. Like you were saying, Kathleen, we need somebody like Riley Supernatural to help on our side. Maybe she joins and then she does say to like Paul, you know, you're different. You're not the same guy. You know, I loved you. You're blah, blah, blah whatever. That is what I was getting at, Luke. I think John Pruitt being Sarah's father is going to come into play because the reason Millie said to Sarah, stay away from this church, never go back there, is because Millie knows that Sarah's watching her father and Millie's thinking, this is not the man I knew at all. This is not your father. This isn't the father I want you to know. Like This guy is crazed. Mm -hmm. Something's up with him. Her parents are hotter than her, dude. Definitely are. Definitely are. This show hasn't been scary to me at all, really. But they have done some good creep things. And I do think that there was definitely something unsettling with the cracking of Riley's neck while he's trying to talk to him at the same time and be like, shh, shh, you're going to be okay. Like, you know, I was going like, oh, man, every time he started cracking it and stuff. But that story about his John Paul, John Paul, uh, Father Paul's. Uh, sister was amazing. I thought that acting was insane. And I was like, dude, if you were doing that to me, I would totally be distracted from my neck because I would just be focusing right <laughs> yeah. on you and everything you're saying. Was Father Paul's old actor the same actor? I think when they yeah. do the flashback, you could tell he is aged makeup. up with some makeup. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't Which know we... if it was such a big gap in age that so that would have been a... a different person to throw the audience off. Yeah, that would have been a ridiculous another IMDb thing if we Spoiler, yeah. if they would have it on there. I don't know if they do or not. They probably do. Father Paul slash. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. It. No, don't do it. I uh, still got one more episode. Do you think so? got the finale. Oh, I will. Carla Gugino is going to be in it. <laughs> I will say we did rip on them for having Mildred in episode one being like, dude, that's a younger person, old lady makeup. Now it makes complete sense. Now, yeah, like yeah. you can't have two actors. This this does it way better in my mm-hmm. opinion. Dressing them up to look older, not younging them down. I agree, but it's also like I shouldn't be able to tell immediately. Like mm-hmm. they should do some different effects to make it seem more. Both of them, you could kind of tell that they weren't natural old. I uh, I worked in retirement home, and I will say there's some faces out there that are like <laughs> you could say that's bad special effects, but that's their actual <laughs> face. True. All right, episode All right. six. Yeah, before we hit up episode six, Kathleen, you you wrote up two books last episode from our boy Richard McCrow, and I have one more book. I was doing some research, and I think this one's pretty interesting. For our fans. So the Pittman family trilogy is a compilation of three sequential novels all together in one book. In 1961, 10 year old Richie meets the new kid in school, Joey Pittman. They become fast friends and Joey introduces him to the rest of the extended Pittman family. But they are not like any other family, not even close. They are dangerous killers. And this will engulf Richie in 60 years of heart stopping terror before he is able to be free. The Pittman Family Trilogy by Richard McCrone is available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Also, an audiobook on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. This one sounds pretty good, guys. Give it a check out. We have three books in one. I'm down. Let's go. So now Aaron kind of has this quest to convince somebody in town to believe her. 
And Sarah's the right person to go to specifically because she had already seen the blood bursting into flames and burning up. Uh, Does anyone have the quote of Sarah saying like, it's fucking bonkers. I didn't write it down because it happened too quick, but her kind of going into the story of medicine and this and that and washing hands was such a good little mini monologue. And then being like, it's fucking bonkers. At the end, I was like, let's go. Phenomenal. Like she was like germ theory was two decades ahead of its time. He was thrown into jail in asylum, not a jail by other scientists. So like, you know, what you're saying is bonkers. It's completely batshit crazy. Like put yourself in asylum, straight jacket, nuts. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, throws the blood and the, and the sun bonkers. Yeah. It's like, it's so good. The gunnings are the best, man. Like <laughs> Billy rolls in a couple seconds after that, just right on cue. And it's just like Avengers assemble team up. We're the, <laughs> we're the squad. We're going to kill all these vampires. Now let's gunnings get the fuck out of here. Give this medicine to, to mainland scientists, come back and then fix this shit. And I just <clears> loved the whole, like the idea that Sarah's going to be such an important person. Cause I, I thought she was going to have more of a haunting role where she was just a supplemental character on the side. But yeah. She seems to be the voice of science and medicine. And I love that. Yeah, girls get it done, man. Yeah. Now, at this point, we're six episodes in. What is the point of her having a girlfriend from the mainland? I was thinking the same thing, and I don't think she's going to come back into play. Yeah, I, I think I, it was just to put a little separation between her and the church. Great. Oh, yeah. That's a good oh, point. okay. That's fine. And then also the line comes after where she says, you know, he he's staring at me just like Pruitt used to. I mean, you could have done that anyway, anytime during the potluck, but... Yeah, I don't think the girlfriend's coming into play. Yeah. I don't think we'll see her again. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at the end when like everybody's all happy. No, everyone's montage. not gonna be happy, dude. They're all gonna be I vampires. Would, I would love for it to end that way. Just that yeah, crock too. the crock pot is fucked. It's I just want death. Yeah. I want death. So I want hellfire and brimstone. In true TV fashion, which is always how this goes. The day that our squad, our side is going to like bust it open is the big day, meaning that Sturge and all them are shutting down the boat system, they're cutting the power, everything. So we cannot get off the Sam Island when they get to the dock and realize that the bell is not coming today. They know right away. They're like, this is espionage or whatever. (laughs) And they know they say to Sturge. You work on these boats. Oh, yeah. Right? They All know the them. deal. The whole every boat on, on, on this island. OK, cool. Sarah or Aaron, one of them literally says, like, sell towers next and then we're done. Mm-hmm. Like they knew it was coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Sarah saying it because Luke loves the, the gunnings. <laughs> Yeah, Give him props. Also, <laughs> the Gunnings gave us props on our last thing when they specifically talked about Aaron's pregnancy and the pregnancy being like an alien yep, to the yep. body. We crushed that conversation. I'm yeah. pretty sure they literally said, Town, you nailed it right <laughs> after. I was the one. I was like, no, they're getting younger. Obviously, they're getting younger. Completely it's wrong. It's a mix. Yeah, but no, you're not. You're not yeah, really wrong. wrong. Well, the only thing like that confuses me Grow is, is, is Lisa it her prime self where was it her like yeah i mean right before she got shot or did she like 
age forward but get healed to her prime. I think the healing and the aging are two different things. Yeah, I think it's the healing is part of it, but also they're not going to CGI people aging forward. So they're just like, Lisa's her prime self. We're good. Yeah, because I'm looking at, you know, Ed, who's still got gray in in summer, not nearly as much as he did in the beginning. Yeah. But like, this is his prime self compared to Lisa. That's like a... By the way, I want to totally rewind. This is episode like three, maybe, or four, when they're doing the the dancing scene mm. and they're showing the montage of everybody getting better and they grab each other's hand. They were going to bang, right? Yeah. Totally. I assume 100%. so. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I wanted oh. to confirm. That. Paul, <laughs> I am so glad scene. you brought that up because I pointed that out when I, as I was watching, I'm like, finally, someone's going to fuck on this show. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Pro- where does all the fucking- <laughs> I didn't say yet how pissed I was that Riley and Aaron never fucking smooched once. Not yeah. once. I would be they pissed. said they loved each other, though. Oh, okay. Aww. What's that? Dude? I'll take I will say, Kathleen. What wait, will have you, you say? Have you seen Friday Night Lights, Paul? I can't remember. Nope. Okay. So, pitch town, baby. Luke's not on it, though. Um, Friday Night Lights, Kathleen. This is not really a knock on Zach Guilford. He has done phenomenal. But is it? my own head typecasting him as QB one. Like I literally think he does the same mannerisms. Yeah, he's like a shy boy. Like, is it saying that he acts a certain way and he just always has his own, like if you're a good actor, you should be able to leave those on the side. So am I seeing it or okay? Because definitely, I mean, when he does like the sits on the couch and he brings his knees together and he brings his arms together, I'm like, that's freaking Maddie Saracen, dude. I've only seen him in one other thing, a movie called Postgrad, and he's exactly the same. He's like the best (laughs) friend who's in love with his best girlfriend, and she's like, nah. So it's basically that. When he throws that Hail Mary, that game winning touchdown, spoiler alert, where his eyes closed. Yes. No, they were wide open. Dude, I don't know. They were wide open, Kathleen. Eyes That's wide episode shut. one. Their eyes full hearts can't lose. Remember when you fucked that up on our episode? I will yeah, never forget. Yeah. That was during the bracket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I got it. I got it last episode, though. I love that they use Lent and Easter for the timeline for this show because resurrection is the theme, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, stupid ass religious me doesn't even equate the two. They're like, it's land. I'm like, cool. I love Easter. And then they're like resurrection. I'm like, right. Cause Heard that's that. what this is about. <laughs> like, I forgot. So they had to spoon feed that to me because I'm a fake Catholic, but <laughs> I loved how you're a Christian, they, Christian. A Christian. You just had to say Christian Kathleen. Yeah. I said, said it. it. Damn it, Jimmy. So I want to bring us back to to wrap up the Riley conversation, because this is the mo- most direct impact he has on this episode is we get the aftermath of the letters. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed in the letter that he gave to yeah. Father Paul. I thought that was going to be an episode seven, like reveal of some sort of thing that he set in motion, which would have actually solved Kathleen's point about him not helping. I mean, you didn't say he. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Like he could have helped a little bit more and there could have been some part of the plan that wouldn't be revealed to later. But freaking Ed just gives a right to Father Paul. And what was the premise of the letter again? He said you're gonna it was die. it was Palm Sunday. It was that you were born from dust and from dust you shall return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I personally I was like, ooh, that's like a really good backhand. It's a burn. Fucking... Yeah, it's definitely a burn. No pun intended, because he's gonna burn. Yeah, that's I mean, when he's gonna go back to dust. We're talking sandbags here when it comes to Aaron. I mean you write those letters to your parents and it's the same crazy story, but you're not giving them anything at all, any proof, you know? And 
what do you think is going to happen when you write these letters to everybody? And then Aaron walks in and goes, yo, your son's dead and he's a vampire. He was a vampire. Mm-hmm. You, you feel me? He gets smacked, <laughs> which is yeah. exactly what happened. I mean, he should have known that that was going to happen with his family, but I thought it was a really cool scene. Just really quick going back. I mean, we saw how the blood's pumping in her neck when it's Aaron, but he does take a look at both parents and his brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> well, that was a cool scene because you think he's just creeping. They don't show him leave the right, letters. You, just... don't, you see them in the later scene receive the letters and you're like, okay, he was doing a final goodbye. Because at the creep scene, he's not even dead yet. So I like the sequence that that happened. Um, I thought it was like creepy and then it made sense later. But yeah, I just, I can't believe. But Riley's parents and Warren get it now. They believe it now. They read the letters and he obviously called them out because Ed said to Paul, he's saying crazy stuff about you. So I guess you, this is classic sci-fi shit where you go to the wrong person. Yeah. You go to the absolute worst person you could go to with the information you receive because you think it'll help, but it's the last thing you should do. Except for Ellen. Except for Aaron. She goes, she makes the right decision. She goes to Sarah. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, Let me ask you guys, if these letters weren't written, do you think the mom would have joined in and drank the poison? No. Like, I feel like she was so devout that if she had no idea about any of the. Oh, wait, did she? Maybe she didn't even read. I think that dad took it from her anyway. Right. I, I think he did, too, because when Aaron went up, Annie acted like she didn't even read a letter. I honestly think that. It's sketchy that the mom didn't drink the poison. I feel like she would have been in like everybody well, else. Riley also did say yeah. the last thing he said. Don't to trust her, him. Yeah. Like his last words before, you know, he disappeared. So. But at, at that point on Easter, she doesn't know he's dead. She still doesn't know he's technically dead. She still doesn't believe it, at least. I ain't drinking that poison. I'm telling you right now, I'm not drinking that fucking poison. <laughs> yeah, fucking I didn't remember what the parents did. And if you would have told me to guess i would have said the mom took it no yeah. so henry yeah. thomas and her don't take it and the brother doesn't take it either mm-hmm. and then henry thomas has a untimely death and i thought it was gonna be a little bit more gruesome than that to be honest it was like a walking dead eat them thing mm-hmm. but it was really just like oh no and he gets pulled to the ground but when they <laughs> go into the room and close henry thomas out and bev is in their cowering and they're like you bitch, you hid. It's uh, actually a slight moment of comedy. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I love it. Like, Shit. <laughs> she, like, yeah, I she should have been the first person to take it. She was jealous I know. I was going to say, I don't understand why she was hiding. I would have took a shot of that poison in 10 days ago if I was yeah. her. Like, she's been waiting to become this vampire, this angel, since I the very she- beginning. I think she might be scared, like, and she might think like she's the the medium in between God and like these miracles happening. I don't know. It was super weird of her. Maybe she didn't want to fucking just get chomped on. Did she? She started to hide after when everything was starting to go down. Yeah, when yeah. everyone was starting to resurrect. So why she wouldn't have done that would be if she did end up getting eaten by the vampires. Would she still come back? Because yeah, they're they all did. coming back. That's the point. So, that's what she that's what she said at the very end. So that means that uh, Riley's dad's going to come back. Yep. Yep. OK. That. For some reason, oh, I, was I wasn't even I wasn't actually drained. And maybe it pulls out the sack. Then you don't have it. <laughs> that's the whole point. Well, the blood. Pull I that had, sack back, dude. I had this conversation 
with Alex because I was completely shocked that they were rising, you know? And because I was like, well, then where the hell was Bull? But he was definitely just food at that point. Bull Bull wouldn't be taking the sack. Right. And that's what she said. Because I was like, if he just sweetly ate Joe instead of chomping his head and breaking his head on the table, he could have survived. But no, he wasn't taking. No, he never had the the sack. sack. We don't know how crazy it gets. I mean, Paul got shot right through the freaking head, through his brain, and he's going to come back, obviously. So to go Uh, off of that, when they get to the scene, Bev's in the back and Aaron ends up shooting her. I was like, get the body, separate the head, yeah, we burn both. So I was like, no, come no, no, on, no, 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 all right? You dig a hole, okay? Bury them. Two right? big holes, all right? One <laughs> has her head in it, one has her body in it. You pour cement over top, we're good, all right? Like, we're done. We talked about this during The Magicians with Seb. Yeah. That's it. We're good. <laughs> she literally tells them, like, oh, I'll be behind you in five minutes. And then Aaron's like, we have five minutes. It's like, hey, you'd have more than that. If you did a little bit more work pieces or something, you undersold how cool Aaron was in that moment when she says you can kill me now or in five minutes, I'll resurrect. She's just bam. Just like I would would totally let it rip there, man. I unfortunately knew that was coming because the subtitles cut off halfway through a sentence. And I was like, Aaron's just totally going to pop her right in the middle of her talking. And it was pretty badass. I like to think that Bev probably taught. Aaron or was like old enough to have taunted her as a kid and was has been annoying her whole life. So not only is that moment sweet for us who have seen six episodes so far, but mm-hmm. someone who lived with her in that damn tiny island for oh, yeah. however many years, oh, like yeah. that moment must have been so sweet. I mean, she, is the she worst. was gassed up uh, Aaron's mom too, who Aaron yeah. herself hates. So like, there's just so many reasons. Yeah, there's a scene talking about the mom. There's a scene with the sheriff, you know, when they're arguing about the Bible being in school. Um, I think that the answer with Bev hiding is pretty much like the mixture of what we were saying, where she obviously didn't want to get chomped. Hmm. But the answer is that she should have taken the poison before, Mm -hmm. you know, like she was hiding because she didn't want to get chomped when everyone turned. But at the same time, she knew she would turn when she dies. So she should have just let herself die at some point. Why would you do not poison get chomped? Though? Why would you do horrible poison? That, like melts your insides out. I would do like overdose and heroin or something <laughs> or like, I have any bowls gone, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a good way to fucking go like, out. Not I, fucking melt. I was definitely surprised how it was set up where vampires were technically eating vampires. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they were rezzing from being eaten or bitten to have their blood sucked. I thought there was going to be a way. And I guess it it was a stupid thought because I guess everyone in that entire church besides the sheriff and that's it, I think we're taking the sack. So everybody in that church would turn into a vampire. But I wasn't expecting like vampires to start biting each other and then rezzing from that. You know, I just thought it was going to be whoever poisoned is just going to come back as a vampire and everyone was going to run out the door or something to go off of that. Why did Riley come back? Did the angel give him blood because he wasn't taking any of the sacrament. And that, that was like the big point we were making this whole time. It's like, he sits back like at church. He doesn't go. You have to assume that. So previously before Riley walked in, he was filling the cup for yeah. Paul with his own blood. So I would assume Paul nursed him back to life Yeah, okay. with that blood, maybe not the blood straight from his wrist, but from the cup, Paul yeah. would have been like that, that acting of him, like someone mentioned last episode of him being like, Oh, like yep. yeah, to, the whole time. He's so nonchalant. A lesser actor could have played that differently, but that was 
perfection because I still root for Paul somehow. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you're going to. I mean, he's still going to be pretty much the good guy, I think. Uh, yeah. Luke nailed it earlier when he said that even though Midnight Mass might be lesser than Hill House, Father Paul is up there with the acting of all three. Yeah. You know, he's going to be one of the ones you choose out of all three to say one of the best actors. Yeah. So there's a scene where Father Paul finds out or feels that Riley's dead. Right. And Bev is throwing Bible verses at him to try and make him feel better. I thought he was going to kill her right on the spot. I thought he was going <laughs> to chomp her neck and I was rooting for it. Did anyone else get that or no? no. Am I just crazy? No, I didn't get it because either. I thought he was going to say anything. like, relax. Like I thought he was going to yell at her and be like, shut yeah. up. But I didn't, I didn't think he was going to chomp her. I but again, like, like nah. Yeah, anytime you die, you come back. So there's no point, I guess. But I did think that he was going to be like, stop. I don't care right now. TBH, it's a complete waste of good human blood to have killed them all and turned them to vampires like that. Because like you said, they could kill them one at a time, suck them up, drink their yeah. blood, turn them. Another another one. Need more food. You know, so all you got to do bad. is call the ice truck killer from Dexter season one. Man. Yes. Drain the freaking blood all <laughs> out of them. They have no supply chain majors on that island. Yeah, they, so they don't know what to do with the I will come and I will fix it. All right. Prediction time. Because I strongly think Bev is going to die next episode. Who do you think will get the pleasure of killing her? Do you think it's going to be the son? Do you think it's going to be the sheriff? I'm hoping for some reason it's Annie. I don't know why. But the problem is what can kill them besides Nothing. the sun? There's no like stakes. Yeah. To the we're not, we haven't been shown that that works. Uh, obviously murdering the normal ways don't work. I think it's the sun or bust. That's why I just can't figure out like, what are they going to do? Just start like locking all the doors or tearing houses down so that you have burn to be down. stuck outside, burn them down. And then, and then the sun comes up. That's the only way you can save the town. But then literally you're just killing everybody. I guess the island's going to be down to like 10 people. I mean, you're painting a good picture for why the vamps can win. That would be super cool if the whole island just turned into vamps. Two yeah. things. If and I hope that it all goes to shit because I haven't seen a show like that in a really long time yeah. where it all goes to shit. Mm-hmm. I hope our heroes die because I don't want them to turn. So I hope they die heroically or something or, so, you know. Two, it's so hard to think otherwise because the angel exists, you know, like this guy, when he just screams and gets Millie and shoots her out the door, I was like, first of all, it wasn't scary. It wasn't like so fast that you're like, because he was just standing there for 20 minutes. He didn't do a thing. I thought he was going to at least kill Ali when Ali was standing so close to him and the sheriff's like pleading, I thought, I thought the angel was just going to like crack his neck or something. Yeah. No, he's still trying to prove the point that if you take the sack and you take the poison, you're going to be resurrected. So he doesn't want them to think he's evil. He looks evil as shit though. I I mean, I think he had enough sentience, uh, human sentience to even, I don't know. I mean, he has to have something and I so far, I'm so upset that the mimic thing hasn't come back at all and he hasn't talked. But I just couldn't deal with the fact that you're sitting in this church and it's just straight cult stuff like pass out the poison in the fruit punch and let's drink it all down, baby. And you got to trust that we'll be rezzed. You know, it's like uh, you have those miracles, I guess, to, sh- to make people believe it. But as soon as you see a guy 
vampire looking like that. And they're just like, yo, you drink some poison. Believe us. You know, you're going to be fine. I promise. I'm like, yo, you're this is a cold. I'm out of here, bro. <laughs> well, that's actually a good point that some people in the church probably took the poison just because they saw the demon or angel or vampire come in because like we saw Sturge kill himself and then Sheriff grabbed Ali and they were going to walk out and that's when the angel appeared. So they were probably got so scared. They were like, wow, if we don't take this, that thing's going to deal with us. It was a really cool visual of when the sheriff turns around and you see it just standing there and you Dude. see the eyes in the robe. Yeah, that was horrifying for me. Yeah, that's when it's the scariest of like the angel himself. I, I just can't believe he did that. Like, I cannot <laughs> understand that what the motivation would be to put on a rope. How does that conversation with Paul happen? Unless, <laughs> unless the angel is leading the conversation. And at that point, he has so much sentience that there's going to be some sort of master plan that we're going to find out. But yeah. before we continue that, Jimmy, is there one more book you want to tell us about? Uh, there is another book, man. Let's rewind, though. We're going to go back to the one that seems the most interesting to me. And we're going to go back to book number one. And Kathleen, I know this one interests you the most because you love Stand By Me. Tell me. I'm going to tell you, but you already know it, Kathleen. You said it last episode. I know. We're going to talk about one more time, the school bus. On one tragic October day, a school bus on its way to a third grade field trip filled with children becomes involved in a horrible accident along a lonely mountain road. The loss of life is terrible and sends the town into a tailspin. Ten-year-old Jimmy, my boy, Freeman, and his four friends have heard all the stories and rumors of that horrific event and want to go and see the site for themselves. But there are some things that are better left alone. The School Bus by Richard McCrowan, a terrifying ghost story in the vein of Stephen King and Stand By Me. Available on Amazon in paperback and ebook or audiobook on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Let's do it. Spooky when season. The night is young. <laughs> so back to the angel. The only weakness we know of him right now is just the sun, right? And we're we're harping on the idea that the only way I guess the, the good guys can win is some sort of version of what happened to Riley to the whole town, which yeah. I don't see how the, the, there's no seeds that are planted in the first six episodes that stick out to me. Like there was nothing to do with Joe Colley or something like there was no sheriff like hidden weapons anywhere. So I, I just can't imagine a way that the that the good guys kill them all. I feel like everyone that's a vampire is not surviving after this episode. They're all dead. It's, it's everyone or no one, right? The only weapon that I thought about was the the sheriff would run to Joe Colley's trailer and get that gun that we saw hanging on the wall that he said was his grandfather's because they focused on it and showed it to us. And I was waiting for it to come back. Wow. Um, but because he said in episode six that like, no, he doesn't even carry a gun because it's so safe here. I was like, wait, have we really not seen any guns? And I was like, oh, wait, Joe. Um, so that's the only thing I could think of. But we just saw father probably gets shot in the head and he's okay so like what do they do put like wooden mm -hmm. bullets yeah like spikes like holy water they soak the bullets in holy water and then like shoot if it's them. an angel they'd like that they'd be like yeah bro i love it yeah yeah see it's like <laughs> so i agree I, me i don't think besides the sun and maybe not eating not getting blood that's the only thing, but the, the upwards wasn't anything right that we could. No, yeah. I mean, it you just have to lure them out into the sun without them going back into the houses. I just I don't I don't know. I really don't. But I'm just convinced that the vampires are going to lose. So there's got to be a way. Are you the vampires are going to win. You mean? 
No, I want the vampires to win. I think that <laughs> oh. there's no way that they do, though. I, I think the angel's dead, I, and I think at, at least everybody on the island is dead. Maybe, maybe that's it. If you kill the the leader, all of the other angels, you know, you kill the big dog, all the rest will follow. It better but, not be kill the know. big dog. Everybody else is healed and good because that would be a cop out ending. Well, they, plant, they planted the seed that our good guys who took the sack it will leave their body if they don't take the sack for long enough. Mm -hmm. So we know that if they survive, they'll eventually lose all the sack. And then whenever they die in their lifetime, they won't come back as a vampire. But all the ones that turned are fucked. They're done. I mean, that's it, right? That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking of like when Walking Dead, in the moment they realize that they had been breathing in the contagion. And if they die, even by natural causes, they come back. Yeah. Crazy. Like, unless you get uh, yeah. shot in the head, you come back. I remember that's that. Exactly. Being, it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember point. that being such a ball moment. Yeah. On back the when it was dead. good, dude. Very cool moment. Yeah. Dude, this is going to be, I, I just theory part. Like I, I have nothing. I have yeah. no guesses for where we're going. <laughs> Drowning in the water, maybe, or something like that, just because it's there. But I have nothing. I got yeah. nothing. I just don't see how they'll figure out a way to kill the big dog because yeah, right. he just seems just too strong. The normal people we know that if you start like shooting their heads, they can at least be laying there paralyzed like father Paul. And then if the sun comes up, they're just screwed. But how are you going to shoot the vamp, the angel? You know, how are you going to do anything when you know how fast he is? We'll find out in about a half hour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the big guy also, he's been around way too long. He's not going to be someone that you can just trick into falling into the sunlight. Right. Like that would be a really dumb plot point, too. Like he's not just going to be like, oh, we're fighting for so long. It's 5 a.m. Oh, it's 530 a.m. The sun's coming up. They're all dead. That would be a yeah. way, way to do it, too. Like maybe there's a way they get rid of him and he leaves the island. But <sighs> dude, Game of Thrones spear oh, machines. They moved to Iceland. It's, uh-huh. it's sunlight 24-7. <laughs> the right season. Yeah. That's sac- perfect. They sacrifice one of their people and chum the water with human blood. And okay. then the big, the big dog goes to that and he starts chomping on it in the water. And then he's distracted. We kill everybody else. And then, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Lisa tells yeah. her mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, back to Lisa. Now, I'm glad you said that. I thought it would have been so good for the show if her mom would have chomped on her. That would have been that me scene. too. Mm-hmm. I me think too. that that was a miss. I do because she's going to become one of the good guys. And now she's just on the good guy's side and she's going to be alive at the end. I thought it would have been a very good twist for after all of that, all the devoutness of the parents and Lisa and both the parents saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like just do this with us. And then the mom turns and chomps her when she's mm-hmm. hugging her. Boom. I would have been like, that's it, baby. Let's been, go. That would have been great. But I think it's just a happy ending <clears throat> for Warren and Lisa. I think they're going to be good. Yeah. Before we <laughs> sign off, I just do want to give props to the sheriff, Raul Coley, because the speech he gave to Sarah in his office was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then his acting when trying to save Ali was incredible. Like the the material he got in these two episodes, or I think it was really just episode six, was so good, was mm-hmm. really good and powerful. And I felt for him so badly when Ali was going to take it, because what are you going to do? I mean, he already lost his wife. He knows this is bad shit, but Ali is kind of under the spell. 
It's crazy. Yeah. For anyone listening, the lack of us talking about both Aaron and the sheriff this episode, I don't think speaks to them at all because I, I would probably assume all three of us, all four of us love both of those characters. It's just everything they do is wrapped up in something bigger. So we were focused on everything else, but mm-hmm. like Aaron and, and the sheriff are going to be the main two sources of good guys. I think at least, you know, going through up the finale. All I got to say is that Kate Siegel's a freaking gem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and her, the scene where she was on the boat and Matthew Saracen, a.k.a. Riley, is literally blazing on fire and she's screaming. That is phenomenal acting. Right into the credits, too. Look, that was awesome. All right. So let's put this on the table for all of our listeners. We lost Kathleen. She's now a vampire because we know she was taking the vampire sack. Alex so, chomped her. <laughs> she got chomped. So on the table, episode seven, do you guys think we are going to get some words out of this vampire's mouth? That's a great question. On the table, on the board, I'm saying yes. Yeah, I want to say yes, just because they showed that he could mimic it. So I hope they do, at least. I'm going to say yes, too, because if they showed us the mimic thing for no reason, Flanagan doesn't do that. He really doesn't. I don't see what the point of that was. That yeah. is very, very true. I really can't see the point of that because it doesn't even get reflected in anything that Father Paul can do. Like, there's no abilities that are even semi close to that. So, this is completely unique to the head guy, and it's done nothing for the plot yet except lure Bull in, which. And he could have lured him in any way. Yeah. Like, just the. Yeah, exactly. He opened the door, kind of lured him in, and then making any kind of noise would have got him to walk in the door. So, I. Uh... I don't know. The reason I'm also saying yes is just one, because of the idea of him putting on that robe speechless with Father Paul and not really having some sort of dialogue is is kind of dumb to me. And then also, how did he get the angel into the chest from the desert? That's important too. like, what did you just say? Hop in, bro. We're going for a ride. I, don't <laughs> yeah. like I mean, he kind of explains it where he said, like, I left the cave. I had to wait for night and he followed me and I waited every single day and every single night. And he always followed me and I had to hide him every single time. He gives that story, but you still got it. I mean, I guess you could technically have been Paul and just been like, yo, man, you're going to come with me. We're going to this island. Just keep following me. Vampire could have just like nodded. Yes. I mean, I don't. But still, I would. I just feel like there has to be conversations between them. Yeah, that was a good question, though. Do you think that Aaron won't get her baby back. Like if all goes well, no, no, I don't think she will either. Or I want to say, I hope she doesn't like, I have this weird feeling that she's going to be like the end last scene is going to be like her, like pregnant again with like some. So, okay. So say it's not what we want. And if you kill the big dog, everything reverses right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be the biggest cop out ever. If, we're going to say that they're going to save the day somehow. I still think everybody who turned to a vampire should be dead. You know, like when the vampires die, it should be game over for those characters. Whoever took the sack and rezzed should be done. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be able to reverse it and be like, Hey, I'm Henry Thomas. I'm back, baby. Let's go. Like, (laughs) uh, so my question is going to be if what we think shouldn't happen happens and it reverses stuff. Like, do you think, if Lise is alive, she'll go back in the wheelchair. And maybe what you're saying with Erin, she becomes pregnant again. And Granny Millie is old again, like things like that. Do you think we're going to see that? Or do you think it's just going to kind of be like, well, I guess we can't really say or what, because we don't know what the ending is going to be. But do you think that's what would happen? 
I think happily ever after means that like if they win somehow, like Lisa is going to go back to being paralyzed. Yeah. And, that's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. So let's get a real quick count of the squad. That's going to be against the vampires. We have Aaron, the sheriff, Lisa, Warren, uh, Riley's mom. Mm-hmm. Am I missing anybody else? No, I think it's that five. Um, and then hopefully we will have Granny Millie, Henry Thomas as vampire helpers. And then Father Paul. I guess it's going to depend on how much they're going to lean into Bev being the main villain of the show. Like if Father Paul turns good, that would be the perfect opportunity for the angel to talk. But mm-hmm. if they lean in to Bev being the main villain, then she would kind of just take Paul's place and be the main talker. And the, and the angel is just like a vessel of destruction yeah man i have no idea what they're gonna do my best guess is maybe they go to the trunk and find a clue there that they brought him in or they look in the bible because they're like oh like everything this all comes from the bible they talk about it maybe there's a solution it's like the fillery books like it's like q just flipping through the fillery pages looking for the right story fillery from what show are you talking about (laughs) sarah called the magicians i don't know if you ever saw it i actually really like that because they wouldn't need to physically like go flip it through the Bible, but like the, the pool from the Bible could come from Riley's mom. Yeah. Because she's been the alive, the longest of them and the most devout, whatever she could pull something. That would be a really interesting way of, of finding a weapon that hasn't been seed planted yet. And it would Noah's Ark just flooding them or something like that. Build a boat, and <laughs> build a boat and jump in the water. Yeah. The only person that could get them then is the vamp. Yeah, the other the other so fucked because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the other ones will be stuck on the island. That's true. It's just that the angel could get them. So that's all I got. That's all I got too, man. I'm ready to freaking watch this finale and have my mind blown. It is the end of our podcast episode, and we will be jumping on Netflix right this second to find out what happens on the finale. Guys, this is one of our last episodes for Midnight Mass. We have one more left covering the finale. If you like what you heard, check out Bingetown TV at Instagram, Twitter, BingetownTV.com. We have a Patreon. We want to thank all of the patrons that are supporting us. We have two tiers. One, if you just want to support us per month for $2, it just keeps the pod going. Another tier that gives you exclusive content from Bingetown TV our celebrity interview videos, exclusive podcast episodes. Like Kathleen said last episode, we get a little crazy, a little silly in those episodes, no specific topics, just have a little bit of fun. We've been getting a lot of good feedback from those. That's at patreon.com slash TV or any of our website or Instagram links. You can find it there. So guys, thanks so much for listening. We are Bingetown TV and we will see you next week for the finale of Midnight Mass. R.I.P. Riley. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.